April 25th, 2015, Nepal, India, there was a massive earthquake, the largest earthquake that they've had since the 1930s. 9,000 people die, 21,000 are injured. During that time, a man who is working for a television show carries a camera through the streets of Nepal and he finds a man standing, weeping. And he says to the man, why are you crying? Can you explain to me what's going on? And the man said to him, I've lost all of my gods. All of my idols are broken. No one is going to bring them back. They're gone forever. The TV cameraman pans the camera past the man who is standing there weeping and he shows the rubble and in that rubble you can see broken faces of gods. You can see tips of heads and arms and legs and he pans back to the man and the man goes, they're never coming back, they're gone. People have personal love for idols. Idols link people to the past. They link them to a family. They bring safety. Idols have provided provision, the thought of God's providing. And they also have helped people reason and look towards the future with the hope that the idols are going to provide for them and take care of them. This is Worshiping God, God's Way. My name is Steve Erspringer. And we are looking at a worship story that begins in Deuteronomy 5 and Exodus 20. Speaking of Abraham, when Abraham gave up his link to his past, he did that when he chose to follow the directions of God. He walked away from a 4,000-year history of idol worship. He separated himself from his family, from the memories and relationships, he separated himself from his past way of life. And for Abraham, it had to be painful. For those who chose to follow him, they also struggled with the breaking up of relationships, the moving on to a different place. 500 years after Abraham, Moses stands before Israel presenting these guidelines for humanity. They're ancient words. And they're found in Deuteronomy 5 and Exodus 20. We call them the Ten Commandments. And we see the, the pictures that we see like a movie. We watch the movie of Charlton Heston, you know, standing like Moses and, and yelling out the commandments. But when we think of the Ten Commandments, what I see, first of all, I see a reason to honor my parents. I see a reason to have a day of rest. We see why a person should not murder or commit adultery. It gives us the understanding that stealing and lying isn't a good thing, and envying those who have more things than we do, that is not something that is productive. It provides us with a reason not to misuse God's name. When I was a kid, I was told, don't use God's name in vain, and I thought that meant cussing. So I didn't cuss very often. God's saying, you know, you don't use my name to build something, to become famous, or to grow bank accounts. Using him as a brand name, for instance, 
for humanity's benefit. God's saying, you know, you don't use my name in vain. But at the top of that list, we read something very clear at the very beginning. No other gods. What God says to Abraham, Moses says to all of Israel. In that period of time, the ancient world of the Middle East, it was an era of polytheistic belief. So people had a lot of gods, many gods. There were gods for communities. There were gods for homes and individuals. To say there was only one God would go against their social beliefs. The second thing he says to Abraham and also to Moses, there are no images. Images in the form of idols were the people's proof that their gods existed. If they couldn't see it, it wasn't a god. But there were many gods. There were gods for every season, gods for the things in the heavens and the skies. There were gods for the what you'd see on the ground, animals and plants the oceans and all that was there. And they even had gods that were for those that were beneath the places that they couldn't see. The word that Abraham received is the same word Moses delivered. In the second part of the first commandment, it says, you cannot bow before any idols. You can't worship them. And God goes on to explain that he's jealous about that and the effects that it'll have on the people in the community. But just like the man in Nepal in 2015 who was himself lost now that his idols were gone, in the city of Tarsus when Paul was just a few years younger than Jesus, there were idols on most street corners. If you go there today, the same idols are for sale. In this century throughout the world there are many who hold on to colorful idols. They're religious statues, they have faces, they resemble gods, and it's a way that people remember other people. So when I look at this, as humanity really changed? And I don't think it has. Where I live, the people admit that what was once an idol in the ancient world, or today's world even, is now a television or a car. It's a home or a bank account. It can even be an idea. So really they're saying they recognize the love element that an idol worshiper must have. Do you think they miss the essence of what was on God's mind when he wrote those 10 rules for living? Like Abraham, God wanted a person who would bow down to only him. He wanted the small gods gone. Get rid of the gods, worship me, bow before me. What is the importance of an idol, physically or mental, if it's not worship? If you have an idol that you don't pay any attention to, why would it matter? You know, bowing down before God confirms the depth of a person's love. That's why God made a point to say, don't bow before any of these things, because it's confirming that you love them more than you love me. It's confirming when you bow before God that you're reliant on him. It reveals your heart, what's in your mind and really what's living in your soul. You know, Abraham and Moses, they chose firstly to obey the request that God gave them. And secondly, they chose to process the finality of that request by worshiping, by bowing down before God. Now, looking at these 10 rules for living, we really struggle with only two of them. We really struggle with 
misusing his name. When people tell me they don't misuse his name, but yet they're selling t-shirts with Jesus all over it or they're selling CDs and all these different things, you know, I realize what they're doing, but they're, they're just working the system. They really don't want to give up misusing that name, getting the benefits from that name. Very confusing in today's society. Bowing down is the other thing. People really struggle with it. Many do it. They'll tell you that, yeah, I'm worshiping Jesus, I'm worshiping God. But they also tell you it's worshiping as a lot of other things that God doesn't include. He includes one thing when he talks about worship, and it's just bowing down before him. It's very simple. But when we surrender to God and the way he wants us to worship, bowing before him only, all the other rules find their place. If you're a person who is looking to please the Lord, to follow him, and to serve him throughout the rest of your life, but you're having a problem and struggling with misusing God's name or stealing or lying or just wanting what other people have. You want their house, you'd like to have their car. I would suggest starting at the very beginning, at the very first commandment. God put that commandment there for a purpose. He knew that if people could find him in a place of worship and they would humble themselves and bow themselves to the ground like Abraham and Moses and all the others, when he meets you there, he knows that that is a changing point. And it's not just so you're changed. It's just that you'll experience him in a place of holiness and you'll recognize who he really is. And just like Moses and Aaron and Abraham, there was a fear of the Lord there because they met him in a place of worship. When he gives you that first commandment, don't have any other God before me, don't do anything that shows love towards gods or deities or idols, but come before me and bow before me, love me, then he will look at you and say, that is the right thing to do. Worshiping God is never out of reach. It's right there at your feet. Wherever you stand, you can worship. And God would like to see each one of us in that place, worshiping Him.